Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the nine to five? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. We've got another exciting show lined up for you. Um, oh, just can't wait to get to it. Um, as usual, here with me again is Sandy McKay. How are you this morning, Sandy? Hey, Rob. Doing awesome and excited uh, for another show. Got me a new backdrop here and uh, new uh, new kind of setup, so I'm pumped. For those of you who can't see it, listening on audio, Sandy's got a yeah, the backdrop there is uh, in in true breakthrough REI podcast fashion. We've got a nice red themed um, and a, and a new logo there in the in the corner. Good, nice Canadian, good yeah. nice Canadian backdrop for us all. Loving it, loving it. Um, everyone listening should go over to breakthroughreipodcast.ca and you can listen to all the past episodes that we've done, uh, hook up with all of our guests. So their contact info is in there. If you find one that you've, um, you know, really enjoyed, want to reach out to one of the guests, go over and all their contact info, any references they've talked about, usually all that stuff is in the show notes. So, uh, go over to breakthroughreipodcast.ca and you can get our free gift. The ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate's uh, still relevant today, by the way. If you've been listening to our shows for years and um, and uh, wondering about that, I mean, it is still very relevant. I think um, the general strategy is there for you to, you know, give yourself a good uh, foundation, and then, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can take that. But go grab that gift and don't miss out on the show. Get on our uh, email list for updates and everything like that, and um, just keep in touch with us and learn what we're up to. Definitely go do that. Yeah, we're sharing some really cool property of the week when people. Uh, when people um, sign up for that, we're also well, super cool now because it's uh, maybe has some southern uh, flair to it. It does actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing some uh, Costa Rica properties of the week. 
um, video walkthroughs down here, opportunities for Airbnbs. And if, uh, if, if anyone listens ready for retirement, it's not a bad place to be for that as well. So, uh, yeah, get on the mailing list. Don't miss that stuff. Um, go over to iTunes as well and leave us a rating and review. It helps, you know, everyone knows this. It helps just spread the word about the podcast, right? Let more people who are looking for this kind of content uh, have it show up, you know, in their, in their, uh, in their peripherals so they can, uh, you know, join in and get all this information as well. I think primarily it helps us get to that top of the list when 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 you're in Canada and you're a Canadian listener and you want to hear Canadian contents, you know, we want to make sure we're up at the top because that is all we do is uh, throw Canadian based content for you. And uh, maybe a little bit of Costa Rican flair here and there, but um, all geared towards Canadians and how you can invest and build wealth in this business. Well, that's so, exactly uh, it. And, and that's a good point that you're making there, Sandy, is that, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, I've got a guy lined up that does themed Airbnbs um, in Florida area and, and different places. But, um, but you know, we wanted to make sure that it was something that Canadians could be involved in, right? Like a direct, um, a, a, like a way that, you know, a channel for them to be involved, right? A direct action that can be taken by Canadians, not just some random idea that, you know, you could use maybe if you were in a different location. So that's been very important for us. And, and I think that the same applies for the Costa Rica stuff, right? It's more, now I'm down here, I've got the knowledge, I'm able to explain to people, you know, the processes and what they need to do in order to invest down here. So uh, it's more the angle that uh, is, is there to help Canadians take action. Well, financing and money and getting it transferring in other countries like that that is different than you know for us as canadians versus an american or a, a you know a citizen of somewhere else it all looks different right so getting that uh experience and that knowledge is huge so uh let us keep uh, sharing that with more people and uh get us out of the whole mess of everyone else online and and the more we share and uh grow this together we can uh great, build some more great contents and make sure it's available for everyone Yep, we love those five-star ratings, so keep them coming, guys. Uh, what else we got going on, Sandy? What's up? What's new with you? Uh, what's new? Transitioning a bit of our, our businesses in some ways, which we'll have some more to share in the next week or two weeks, maybe, as we grow. So probably over the, over the next couple episodes, if you're listening to this one, you'll probably start to hear a bit more about that. But um, just some new uh, new structures, I suppose, into what we're doing. We're still doing the same general model for strategies on uh, investment properties across southern Ontario. Going into some bigger projects probably and just revamping our team and what it looks like in, in some ways. So uh, that's the big task for me, which is it's a, heck of a, lot of, a heck of a lot more challenging now. And there's a lot more people involved than there was early on. So uh, it takes a while to just do that stuff. So been working on that since uh, for a while, a few months. And um, I'm excited about it. And I think we'll have some new projects, new exciting things to share and uh, lessons learned for sure along the way. Yeah, that's cool. I'm interested to hear what it is because I've seen your your rebranding. So uh, I'm interested to... Yeah, it's coming. Cool, cool. Okay, well, I mean, without further ado, let's get to our guest. Awesome. We've got with us George Almazri here today and uh, super excited to have him uh, share some of his experiences. And uh, George, quick backstory on him, University of Toronto graduate 2012, picked up a full-time office job with a tech company and quickly realized... How miserable he was. We've definitely heard that one before. 
And uh, after a long period of reflection, he realized he'd be much happier in real estate. And he thought, what can I do every day for the next 10 years and wake up feeling happy? Answer was clear, of course, real estate. And I uh, got his real realtor's license as well, knowing that uh, one day he'd become a real estate investor as well. And he completed his first first strategy project in 2017, got hooked on that, um, like a lot of us have on that, that strategy. And since then, he's been obsessed with the idea of building wealth and helping others do the same. Uh, he is the host of his own podcast, Well Off Podcast, and he loves playing chess, basketball, and running for a few of uh, his extra hobbies there on top of real estate. So welcome to the show, George. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to hear those extra hobbies, too, because the you know the the whole reason why we invest in real estate is so we have the the means to go out and do those other things, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time and coming to share your knowledge with us today. Thanks, so, guys. I mean, we're going to start out the way we always do. You know, you're, you you've uh, you've had some success with real estate. Let's let's go back and learn about how you got interested in real estate and how you know it all started for you. Yeah, I know Sandy touched on it a little bit, but I'm just going to share a little bit of the the whole office job story. So I was working um, part time while I was studying at a tech company and I was doing quality assurance work. So I was like basically copying and pasting from PDF all day and that sort of thing. It was so boring and I hated it. And then I took I took on the job full time after I graduated thinking, OK, they offered me the job. It's easy, whatever. I just do it. And after a couple months of doing that, I remember I got a call at 4.55 p.m. And I think it was on a Friday. So there was a little, every desk had a little phone on it. So I knew if you're getting a call at 4.55, it's not good news. Something bad's about to happen because I'd seen it happen before. And I got called into the office with the manager and there was a lawyer there and uh, I think one other person. And basically they were telling me, okay, we're letting you go. So I was a little bit like... I wasn't too happy with that, but at the same time, I felt liberated because it allowed me to do what I wanted to do. And uh, like Sandy said, I just thought about what I wanted and I always knew I wanted to invest in real estate. Like since I was 16 years old, I knew it, that's what I wanted to do. And so I got my license, um, started selling at that point, 2013, I think I, I started selling real estate. And um, around 2016, I took a real interest in in finding out about investing and I reached out to a bunch of investors just like googled and tried to connect with investors and i think all of them turned me down except sandy mckay i don't know how i got in touch with sandy but like so, some way sandy said yeah i'll meet with you i'll have coffee with you no problem just come to hamilton and uh we sat down we we chatted for about 45 minutes and sandy was kind enough to like give me that time and um he talked to me about the burst strategy in that moment and it just got my wheels turning and i thought this is perfect this is exactly what i want to do and uh, that's that was kind of the start of my uh, investment journey. Hey, investors, we want to let you know our partners at Calvert Home Mortgage are an amazing mortgage lender for your Burr or flip projects. They only require 20,000 down, no appraisals needed in most instances, and can fund quickly. And right now, we're offering Calvert Home Mortgage's free flip Burr analyzer tool to run your numbers on deals. It's in our podcast description. And you can save $500 off your next deal with Calvert Home Mortgage when you mention our referral code, Breakthrough Podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Awesome. So let's hear about, so so did Sandy, was Sandy's team help you? Or no, I guess you're a realtor. So yeah. 
one way or the other, you guys worked something out. But let's talk about uh, your first property that you bought. Yeah, so it was in downtown Hamilton. Uh, it was a two and a half story single family home. Actually, it was uh, it was used as a duplex at the time. So I I went in there. It was listed, I think, originally for two fifty nine, and they reduced the price to two forty nine at the time. And and I ended up submitting an offer for two fifteen. And nobody wanted this house because it had a lot of issues. The tenants were like, there were some bad tenants in the property. And um, I remember when I, I did a home inspection on it and the home inspector at the time said this was the worst house he's ever seen, which kind of scared me, you know, being a first time investor. Um, but yeah, I, I bought that place. It had fleas, cockroaches, um, it needed like a full gut, had all sorts of problems that I had never run into in my life. I, I didn't know how to deal with them, but. You just kind of figure it out as you go. And I did a lot of the rentals myself with some help from my dad and like some friends and stuff like that. And we, we did new flooring, new kitchen, uh, spruced up the bathroom, did everything and then rented it out and, and was able to refinance it a few months later. I heard you say it was 250000 This is in Hamilton, South Ontario. Yeah. And nobody wanted it. <laughs> yeah. What year, know, what, right? year, what, what year was it? <laughs> uh, 2017. Wow. Only 2017 too. That's crazy that nobody wanted it. You could any house for that price in Southern Ontario yeah. right now, obviously now, but um, you could just almost say Ontario at this point yeah. <laughs> would, would be a good yeah. deal at 250 or less. That's crazy. crazy that that's only, it's only five years ago, barely, not even probably it's, yeah. that's crazy. That's really crazy to think about that. That house is, that house today is probably worth, um, what would that be? I, I know the house. That's why I'm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably around like six fifty, maybe yeah. seven, maybe somewhere seven. in that range. Yeah, maybe seven. Yeah, yeah. Wild. So, so, how did you gear up to, you know, because there's a huge intimidation factor, and in, in what you're talking about, that's your very first place, and yeah, you've got a good team around you, but how do you, how do you, prepare yourself for that level of renovations when you've got no experience in that? Uh, I, I honestly didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I just like watched some YouTube videos. I think Sandy did the same thing with his first place. Cause I, I think you had done some of the rentals yourself, but yeah, just uh, go on YouTube, yeah. try to get some information and just do it and figure it out. And, um, and whatever you don't know how to do, you hire somebody to help you. Like obviously a plumber or whatever. Um, that was, that was it. I, I was terrified. Like I was so stressed in that moment, but I just figured it out. How do you think you like? How did you get over that hurdle? It's a hard, like you know, to take action on that. There, there has to be something. Um, yeah, you were fearful in a way, but you somehow overcame that. Was there any thinking back now? Was there anything that uh, I don't know in your environment or in your world or something that helped you really go past that hurdle and actually take action? Because, like you said, you didn't have everything figured out. You didn't really know what you're doing. You were kind of somewhat prepared, but definitely not completely prepared. So. Yeah. What do you think that it was that helped you take action? I think I had this like intuitive feeling that I had to buy something now because of the price point in Hamilton. Like, like you said, like that's unheard of today. So I thought, okay, if the opportunity's there and I'm in a position to buy this home and it's only $215,000, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I can probably sell that home, like spruce it up a bit and sell it worst case if I had to. So I, I had that backup plan and I just knew, I knew Hamilton was going to increase in value. Like it, it was just, there were too many signs that showed that it's like super close to Toronto. 
Uh, there's a lot of people going out in that direction because they're getting priced out of the GTA and it just made sense. So whatever fears I had, I just tried to logically defeat them. Do you think being a realtor might have helped you with that a bit? Just being, you know, having that, you know, being involved in other transactions, not necessarily your own, but just, uh, just not even investments necessarily, just everyday transactions. I, I, I'm asking because that kind of helped me a bit, I think, get over some fear at the beginning too. Just being involved in deals kind of numbs you a little bit to the yeah, process yeah. at times, right? Yeah, I'm sure that helped a little bit. Uh, but honestly, I, I didn't know the market at all when I bought that house. Yeah. I only had access to the Toronto Real Estate Board. And as you guys know, you don't get everything when you're on TREB. Like you need to have access to the Hamilton Board to, to see the majority of comparables and, and sales in the area. And I, I didn't have that much information. I just thought this just makes sense. And yes, having that real estate, like that realtor background helps in that situation. But um, I didn't have a lot of information. I didn't have it all figured out. I just, I just went for it and just did it. Good, good for you. <laughs> hard, hard for hard for people to hard for a lot of people to do. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It was kind of crazy, but like I said, it was stressful, right? Like, not a lot of people want to put themselves in that situation where you go through that much stress or you put that much pressure on yourself and you have to just complete the project. That property, you still have that property? I do, yeah. And uh, is that is that basically been your model since then? Is the the bird projects and and sticking to that, or uh, have you gone out on a limb on anything else? I haven't done anything else. I haven't done like any Airbnbs or student rentals or rent to owns. I, I did kind of look into that at one point, but I've just done pretty much burrs the the entire way. But now at this point, we're uh, we're burring three to six unit buildings instead of single family homes or, or, or duplexes. So we're, we've just kind of changed the strategy a little bit. Scaled it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, uh, how do you think you kind of touched on it, but real estates, when you got into it, was it the investor side or was it the realtor side that really drew you to it initially? Or, or was it a combination? Cause uh, you started out really as a realtor, right? Before doing yeah. the investment side, which yeah. is not uncommon, but that there's definitely a lot of investors, maybe even some listeners call that have done the investor side and transitioned to realtor because they thought it would help them with their investor business. You didn't, yeah. you didn't really get into it just to help with your investment business necessarily, right? No, I, I got into it and I was doing like the classic cold calling and door knocking and just trying to sell homes. Um, but like I said, I always had that intention of investing. So I was just trying to understand how real estate works in general and, and gather some information so that I can invest at, at some point. Cool. And uh, was Hamilton the target? Like, how did you decide on Hamilton? What was interesting about, about Hamilton? And you mentioned a few things, but was there other markets that you were looking into at the same time? Because you're not from, you know, live in Hamilton. So um, mm -hmm. I know it wasn't like you're just going down the street and thinking it was the, the right area. You had to look outbound a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, funny, actually. So the first property that I submitted an offer on was in Orangeville. And it was like a semi uh, single family, semi detached single family home. And I couldn't qualify for financing for that home because I had uh, been pretty fresh in real estate. I didn't have that track record. So I, I didn't qualify. And then I was a little disappointed. And a few months later, I was looking around and I saw the price point in Hamilton. And that's what drew me really was the price point and the proximity to Toronto. And that, that was the reason that I started focusing there. Orangeville would have been more expensive probably yeah right? yeah it was probably at the time for like a similar home it was probably almost double the price really because I, I think the mm -hmm. home i was looking at was like 450 or something mm -hmm. 
Well, those are fun times. <laughs> 2017. Um, but that was a hot market too, right? It was uh, 20 or was it at the, because 2017 was one of those years that was crazy hot for the first part. And then it yeah. kind of fell off. Was it, was it in that theory of everyone trying to buy everything in the early part of that year? Or was it later on? Uh, it was later on. So, well, okay. I think uh, the offer, I submitted the offer in like June or something at that time. Okay. So I think, I, I, I don't remember, but I think 2017 was when they announced the, uh, like the government had just put in the first, um, no, like the, the minimum down payment standard that had changed, I think. And, and that was impacting the market a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a little tiny lull there, right? Where there's some opportunity opportunities. Yeah. Like that's probably the last time I remember any sort of like, Slow down, I guess. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's been on a pretty pretty fast uptick since. Um, what do you contribute to some of the success early on, like or, or throughout your career now? Like, how how, how have you how have you gone from that raw kind of fresh person, not really knowing what they're doing, to going and doing bigger deals now and doing more investments and and just you know continuing that growth? How how, how have you done that? Well, there's been a lot of things, um, one of which was being around other people, including your, your like Adrian Pinozo. I spent some time with him last year. I was finding deals for him and kind of learning and figuring out what he was doing, because I know you guys do a lot of the, the three to six unit projects, and I know you're growing now, but uh, just seeing what you look for and how you do and the creativity behind that, that really helped. Um, be, being a part of different investment groups like Durham REI. And I actually hired Quentin D'Souza to coach me around two years ago now. And that was probably the biggest thing for me, having him as a coach, just the, the things that we implemented, um, just simple things like incorporating, um, uh, setting yourself up financially to purchase more properties and then finding deals, all these things he helped me with. And we were able to more than double our units in, in that year. Thanks. Thanks to his help. Nice. Yeah, of, course, Quentin, of course, Quentin, we know a friend of the show have been on here multiple times. So yeah. uh, great, uh, great mentor. He, does, he doesn't coach anymore. doesn't do any more one-on-one coaching in case somebody's uh, wondering, but yeah, he was awesome. When I think back, that was probably a pivotal uh, thing for me too, is taking Quentin's coaching, you know, yeah. uh, believe I'm pretty sure that I, I might have had one or maybe two properties when I took his coaching, but it, it really does hold you accountable, right? Because that's what you kind of you need is somebody to say, look, you're not going to misstep. We're all here to help. Um, you just need to go and take action, yeah. right? And if there's accountability there, really, really does help propel you forward. Sure. Yeah. The, another Another part of that is whatever I was afraid of, you know, like it it was the biggest thing in the world for me. I was terrified of this or that happening for him. He'd been Mm -hmm. through it a million times and he would just calm me down and say like, Hey, this is all you have to do in this situation. And you just help you get past that fear, get past those hurdles. Yeah. That's pretty big in real estate investing because some of it is pretty daunting. Like if you, if you didn't, you know, grow up in a real estate family where people are buying buildings and bigger properties all the time, it's like, you know, you don't just go down the street and buy a fourplex because it's, you know, looks cool. And it's a, it's, it, you know, you, you have 500 million dollars to just throw around. Like it's not very typical for most upbringings. Right. So um, getting that comfort level with that definitely takes, uh, I think a lot about your environment or who you're talking to and someone in your corner to help with that is certainly a big, big factor um, for me too, I, along the way in, in so many ways, having that, a coach or mentor or someone that can guide you and calm you down is a major piece there. Um exactly what you said so i love that 
Now you've made it sound super simple so far, right? It's just, just like butter. It just flows, right? Yeah. But no, we need to talk about the challenges. Obviously there's been a lot of challenges that you faced starting out as well. And like, let's talk about those and how you've progressed and overcame them. Yeah. I think it, like investing in general is simple. The strategy is simple, but there are a lot of things that come up that, that can make it difficult. For example, um, you know, there's things that can make your life very stressful if, if you don't, don't, don't know how to deal with those, um, with, with those obstacles. So I can name a few obstacles that I've come up with. Um, and I'm sure you guys have, have dealt with these types of situations, but, uh, I, I bought a, a fiveplex couple years ago and the owner lied about having a bed bug problem. So I, I, I took over all the tenants. The building was fully occupied at the time. And the day before closing the tenant, I'm walking through the building and the tenant tells me that they have a, like a bed bug infestation in the building. And again, this was like my first fiveplex purchase. So I can't be in Hamilton. There's no bed bugs in Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was actually in Welland. Oh, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's tons of bed bugs in Hamilton. That's right. so, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So like that, obviously that I, I was really worried about that because I don't know what to do. And and now I understand that sort of situation a lot, a lot more. Um, and we had a similar situation happen in Hamilton recently where the same thing, the, the owner lied about bed bugs. And, and like two days after I close, I go over there and the tenants telling me they, they have bed bugs. So again, now I have have to deal with that problem. And if the tenants aren't uh, living like a certain way, if they're not clean and, and whatever, it's very hard to eliminate the bed bug problem while they're living there. So you, you need to vacate the the units in order to get proper treatment. And and so those are things that, that are stressful because you don't really know how long it's going to take with the way the, uh, the eviction process is and whatnot. And, you know, those are like, that's an example of, of struggles that I've had to overcome with, with investing. What did that look like for the bed bug side? Like, how uh, I I'm thinking about this in uh, in terms of uh, you know someone that could actually use some some help around that if they were walking into property and seeing bed bugs as an issue or like when we're, when we're ever walking through with a client, let's say, and we're talking about opportunity and you know, one of the things we talk about is like ask the tenants what their experience yeah. has been like in the property and yeah. there's two sides you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because you, you understand that the tenants depending on the situation might be just talking bad about everything in their life. Yeah. It might not, yeah, might right. not just be the property. They, so they might make up stuff or they might, they might be telling the truth, but you kind of have to feel that out a bit and, and engage it compared to the yeah. the type of tenant and whatever, uh, you know, ha- has happened in the property, but you can't just bank on them saying, yeah, there's bed bugs everywhere. And then assume that there's bu- bed bugs, but you also can't bank on them saying that there, there aren't, and it's super clean. And, yeah. and like, you've had that experience going in there afterwards. Right. So any advice on how to uh, navigate that? And and also then too, like, how, how did you actually get rid of them? Because I know it is a challenge to get yeah. rid of bed bugs. Um, did you actually get rid of them or is it? Is that uh, I'm actually stuff? working on it now. So uh, I hired a, a paralegal to help me negotiate with the tenants because they weren't willing. Like, I, I didn't know how to really get them out. So I, I worked with a paralegal. We worked out cash for keys and uh, we're, we're in the middle of doing that right now. But um, to answer your first question, what do I do now to try to avoid that problem? Well, like you said, when I walk through, I ask a lot of questions to the tenants and it's funny how much information they'll, they'll share. Like they'll tell you so much. They'll tell you about the neighbors upstairs that they have a problem with. They'll tell you about the leaks in the house and whatever else. So 
Uh, I also try to notice if there's any signs of, of bugs in the house. Like sometimes they'll have those little cans to kill bugs or whatever. So uh, look for that kind of stuff. And then I also now include a clause in my agreement of purchase and sale in Schedule A to um, that, that the seller warrants that they don't have an active bed bug problem or that they haven't had one in the last two years, you know, at least two years. So I, I try to protect myself in that way and, and get as much information as possible. Um, all said and done though, would you buy a property with bed bugs in it again? Like if it was the right deal or would you, uh, is that a real pain in the butt and not worth it? I think if the property's vacant, then yes, but I, I don't necessarily want to assume the tenants unless it's like a crazy discount. But, uh, I think I'd rather avoid it if I'm assuming the tenants. Mm -hmm. Would you I agree? Mean, for, the right, for the right discount. I mean, yeah, buy yeah I was really waiting right. for that answer too. You know, yeah. it's all for the right price, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you can always negotiate uh, cash for keys. And in terms of treatment, you asked about that too. Um, vacant. I think it has to be vacant unless you have like really clean tenants that are going to follow everything because they, ha they have a preparation sheet that they have to follow. And uh, a lot of tenants don't care. They're not going to do anything on that sheet or they'll do some of it. So yeah, getting the place vacant, uh, doing heat treatment has been good. And then following it up with chemical treatment, those are probably the most effective ways, unless you guys know of other ways to, to treat it. It's really hard to treat it like indefinitely, like permanently forever, right? Yeah. That's the challenge. Like you might get it fixed for a, a, a short, short period and ultimately it's the tenants and who you have in there, right? So it's removing, there's typically there's one, one tenant I find that's really the problem and yeah. Can you remove them? Can you not? All, the, all that sort of thing, and trying to figure that out. And the big, generally, the bigger buildings you go into, the more that can be a challenge because um, if they spread so fast, and it's yeah. like you know, bigger buildings, more tenants, more likelihood of someone being um, yeah. not not treating their place well and having that issue. Um, it's a tough one. This is a tough, it's, really, it's really a little... problem. It's they're like yeah, mosquitoes it's like... almost like when you're at a uh, you know at a, the lake or something, and it's like they're just. They don't go away. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so weird. It's like such a small thing, but so difficult to address. Hey, Breakthrough listeners. Are you a real estate investor looking to scale your portfolio, but struggle to find an investment-focused renovation company? Then our team at Evolution Construction Management is here for you. With our standard list of features and processes, we've created an efficient method to streamline your renovation from start to finish so you don't have to. Enjoy a hassle-free renovation on us visit our website at www.evolutioncm.ca or email us for your free quote at info at evolutioncm.ca. Um, so how do you balance your time as a, you know, your personal life, your investment side and your realtor side? How do you balance all that? Yeah. Uh, so my wife is actually also a realtor. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's been taking over a lot of the real estate sales, like, you know, working with homeowners and, and that sort of thing. And I've been focused more on, on the investment side. So that's been great for me for, uh, for being able to focus on that. And then the personal side, well, that, that's also a challenge. Cause we just had, we just had our, our first, uh, child. So he's, he's three months old now that that's been a, a different sort of challenge. Oh, Sorry. congratulations. Sorry, guys, the camera just went off. There we go. Um, yeah, so we just had our first and we've been trying to figure out how to do everything and balance it all out. But um, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, time blocking, setting time aside, making sure you're taking care of yourself and 
you're in a good place and then that way it just carries over throughout the rest of the day and you're you're able to get things done three months old wow boy or girl we have a boy that's awesome man congratulations thank you thank you are you enjoying that so far um it's it's awesome being a parent it's um yeah, it's it's the coolest thing, especially at this age, because now we're getting to like interact with him, and he's uh, he's not crying mm-hmm. as much. He he, you know, like the he go he takes his naps and he sleeps through the night, so it's definitely a good time, and it allows us to also work. You know, like we don't have to be with him twenty four seven because I I think that's gonna happen as he gets a little older. He's gonna need company all the time, so it's it's a good time. You look yeah, you don't look like you've lost much sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends. Some days. Some days my, my wife took a picture of me holding him a few days ago and she sent it to my mom and my mom was very worried because <laughs> I had bags under my eyes and everything. But yeah, I guess some days are better than others. I feel like it would be similar to uh, that first property you bought maybe um, and uh, going in, not knowing at all and just figuring out as you go. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and a new, uh, a new why or reason to, to keep going with stuff. I, I imagine too, and some motivation in that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, there's a component of that. And like the idea of like maybe buying a property for him so that he can have it when he's older, that sort of thing comes up. How do you balance it with, um, you know, your wife and um, Mandy, you work together like a lot, I guess, in a way. Like, or, like how, how do you work that? Do you work together on a lot of things or do you kind of separate your business? Because you're both in the same field. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you separate things a lot or do you work together? How does that all work? Because I know... Um, Husband, wife, I mean, I'm similar. Work with with work with my wife, not necessarily directly every day, but we overlap on a lot of things, and it's yeah. uh, that brings some challenges too into in the in the whole uh, whole whole like relationship, personal side. So, yeah, what do you do with that? How do you manage that? Any any tips on that? Okay, so my my wife was working with her mom, so they they were a realtor team prior to us meeting, and they'd been working together for years and years. So when I came on board, I just thought, I don't really want to mess with what they have going on. So I'm going to let them continue to operate. And I'm like, at this point, I'm kind of referring a lot of my clients to them and they're working with them. So I'm trying to keep that separation because they have a good thing going and I don't want to necessarily uh, mess with it. And and like you said, it could add some complications to the relationship. So I try to have some leave some space for them and, and just focus on investing. So they let you go and just play around with all the all the money and stuff and make uh, make all these big investment decisions pretty much yeah basically yeah so that's my advice uh, just give let your if you're a husband and wife realtor team let you, and you're an investor let your wife do all the real estate sales and just focus on investing nice um tell us about your podcast you've got this podcast it's doing quite well i believe uh tell us a little about that yeah, the Well Off Podcast. Um, so I started that in 2018, I believe. And uh, I've had a lot of good people on there like Sandy, uh, Quentin, a bunch of people. And it's been awesome to be able to connect with people. I'm sure like you guys know, uh, it opens the door to pick the brains of a lot of really good investors and, and good people and um, just have a chance to connect. So that, that's been great. And uh, of course, just like you guys, I want to uh, motivate people to take action, to invest, to better their lives. And I think we, we can use more of that content. I think any, I think that's just like business in general right now, in 2022, especially like if you're not getting, giving value to the, to the marketplace in some way, 
it's really tough to grow a business of any significance, at least I think um, like when we started this, it wasn't necessarily, you know, it, it wasn't needed per se. This is 2014, but times have changed eight years later. I think you got to be pouring into the community, into the, into the marketplace to, to get that reciprocity. People wanting to do business with, with you because you've shared so much and um, real estate investment for sure. There's still lots of room. I mean, I'm kind of, fueling our competition here, but there's a lot of uh, room for more content out there. Like people yeah. should be, if you want to learn how to, how to and build relationships and that, there's nothing better than interviewing people and sharing it with the, with the world, whether that's a podcast or a video series or writing a book or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great strategy for any business. It's a great, like foundational piece to build upon. Well, let me ask you guys something. Cause I know you guys have a successful podcast. What have you been able to do to different differentiate yourselves from, from other, uh, podcasts uh, that are sharing similar content? That's a funny question. I, I think that we differentiate ourselves. You we know started what? first. You know what's funny? <laughs> well, we did start first. first, right? And I don't know if other people have, I mean, we just stole our idea from bigger pockets. That's, that's basically what we did. So, I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to differentiate ourselves from everyone else. But the one thing that I think that we really did stay true to is, is making it actionable steps for Canadians, right? We didn't want to have a bunch of content that wasn't relevant to the majority of people that were listening. So I think that that, that was the biggest thing that we've stayed true to this whole time. And that's helped us. I think so too. I think that's, we've had definitely, I don't know how many opportunities, tons of opportunities of guests and coming on and we get every day almost, it seems like we get, uh, hit with emails and stuff with guests that are in wherever somewhere else in the world that don't have anything related to Canada. And we just pass, pass next because, because mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're getting out of your lane now and now, now everyone's going to get confused. It's like, you know, we, we really focus on being the go-to place for Canadian real estate content in, in, in podcast form. And um, if we deviated from that, we would have had some, probably some challenges and, and our listeners wouldn't have stayed, stayed around so long. Yeah. So, so it sounds yeah. like focus is, is important. Just focused content and making sure you're, you're sticking to one thing and not going all over the place. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting because we've tried to cover all different aspects. Like we've had someone in to talk about coaching and, and mortgages and, uh, and, you know, everything, the full spectrum of beginners to people that invest in multifamily and have been doing it for years and years and have a huge portfolio. So it's, all kinds of different, um, you know, walks of real estate, but again, still just, um, things that the listeners can relate to and aspire to, and really, you know, listen to how that person has done it. Where if we were talking to somebody, I mean, like Sandy said, we've got, we got people all the time, uh, huge portfolios in the States, multifamily investors that want to come on and share their stories. And I'm sure they're very good and I'm sure they're inspiring as well. But the, the action steps, right? Like the, how did you do it? The nuts and bolts aren't, aren't going to be uh, relevant to the people that we've sort of uh, pledged to support, right? And help. So yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What um, I was just thinking more about the nuts and bolts piece there when you said that. What are, what would be one thing you go back and change how you did that? Like maybe the first project or anything you'd change in your way that you went about your your journey into real estate investing uh, early on. Would you would you go about finding a different deal maybe for your first one, or would you um, 
you know, anything there that you, you, you would have done differently, not necessarily that you'd, you'd wish was changed, but you just, you would do differently if you did it another time. I just wish I bought more. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had figured out a way to just get my hands on more. But, you know, at that time, it was just I was working with what I had and, and the knowledge that I had and uh, just trying to make the most of it. And I think at the end of the day, I did pretty well. But um, there, like w- when we think about these prices, 215000 for a place in Hamilton, if I had... Uh, <laughs> If I could go back, I would just scoop up a whole bunch of real estate, right? I know, I know. The, the, the amount of times we're like fumbling over a decision over like, do I pay three twenty or three thirty? Uh, three twenty, three thirty seems rich. I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess that's, that's any market that's gone up a lot, but like, yeah, it's it's just it really has gone up a lot, a lot, like more more than I've ever heard of anywhere. Like, it's just been wild. Yeah, but you know I feel what? like ten years from now we're gonna say the same thing about today's prices. You know, like it's just likely gonna continue to increase over the long term. So, like the opportunities here now, even though it seems like prices are high, but who knows what what we're gonna be at in ten, twenty years? Well, hopefully it'll be at a little bit more of a sustainable pace yeah. than what yeah. it has been over the last little while. That would be. Nice, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's nowhere for it to go but up. Mm-hmm. Not in South Ontario, right? It's, you know, the two supply demand can't build challenge to build new new products, new houses, and mm-hmm. uh, more immigration, more immigration, more immigration. Yeah. So, yeah, um, hard to see it going anywhere. It's hard to imagine it going at this pace the whole time, too. But you never know; maybe it will. So, what's next for you? What big plans do you have coming up? Um, on, so on the investment side, I have a goal to purchase a a 10 plus unit building. I I haven't owned anything that size yet. So that's, uh, that's one of my biggest goals this year and, uh, building up my cash flow to a certain level where we can start to replace our income and, you know, just reach financial freedom. That's, that's a big thing for us. And part of that is turning over these, uh, units that we have, some of these buildings We're we're working on them, making them nice and filling them with good good tenants and um yeah doing a little bit of options trading as well getting into that so i can add an extra extra income source um aside from that i really want to just get back to the shape that i was in or or better because it's been a bit challenging with a with a baby but uh, i'm working on that as well cool where's the 10 plex uh 10 plus flex that you're looking for is that is that any specific area or is it anywhere um what are you thinking for that I, I'm aiming for the Niagara region, but uh, like all my stuff is in either the Niagara region or Hamilton. So I'm, I'm sticking to those areas. Cool. Booming markets for sure. Niagara's really grown. Yeah, definitely. Not 250, but I guess I, w- <laughs> I would say somewhat on the cheaper end still. If you were to look across all of South Ontario, it's still relatively affordable. Yeah, it's 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 starting to like it's starting to catch up sort of in some ways to Hamilton. Like it's it's pretty mm-hmm. surprising. You're seeing these four or five unit buildings that are selling for one point two, you know, one point three, which is pretty crazy. When when I think I bought my five plex uh, just a, two years ago for four forty five. <laughs> well, it's yeah, uh, St. Catharines for sure, right? St. Catharines is really gone. Yeah. It's not far off from Hamilton at all. Yeah, um, from what I see, and then. Uh, Welland and Niagara Falls a little bit, a little bit cheaper, but still booming. And I think I think the great markets. I mean, anywhere in Southern Ontario is a great market. It's hard to argue with anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
that's in Southland, Ontario. Costa Rica, you know, you could argue with me about that, maybe. That might be a better place. I don't know. Uh, I would argue that it's better than either any of those places you just mentioned. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> that's just me. I'm a little biased. I, yeah. I, I tell you what, like, oh, you'd be hard-pressed to get me to come back to look at something in person. That's for sure. <laughs> in person. In that's person. I heard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what's, uh, we, we talked about your podcast. Where, where do people go uh, visit that? Where do people get more info on that? Uh, welloffpodcast.ca. It's on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and all the other major platforms. So that that's uh, that's one way to check it out, or a couple ways. Well, you got like three, four years now of content, right? So you got you got lots of stuff to share there. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, uh, what else? We got to kind of wrap up a couple questions here. Do we want to want to? extract any more uh, knowledge from uh, from George before we well i mean we always like to get you know a piece of info or advice that's always stuck with you and helped you along the way do you have anything like that um piece of well this is not exactly real estate related but i, I don't know why i always remember this uh when i was in high school we were doing like a track and field day and um the the best athlete in my class was aiming to do a certain, a certain number of laps. And I, at first I was telling him, I'm going to keep up with him and whatever, I'm going to do the same thing. And he just, he told me, don't try to keep up with anyone. Just run at your own pace. Uh, just live, you know, like to me, that was something that I took uh, moving forward because I feel like it's very easy to compare ourselves to others and to look at Sandy's portfolio or Rob's portfolio and uh, feel bad about where you're at, but just run at your own pace, go at your own pace. And, and, um, Things will, will work out once you set your own goals and figure out what's best for you in, in your life. Yeah, very good. I like it. And those tend to be like the flashy headlines that we have sometimes, you know, how how somebody acquired, you know, 100 units in yeah. one year, like that kind of thing. And that's really, um, and they're great stories, but it might not be your story, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. I think that there's there's a certain level of, work-life balance too involved in that or maybe there's not maybe like some people just run into the opportunities or and uh you know it, it that that can happen but i just think you're you're absolutely right people like for example you know um there 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 is quite a few people that run into me and say you know wow sandy's like look at look at look at sandy's office he's bought he's got this new brokerage and all that kind of stuff like why aren't you doing that and, you know, I'm just like, hey, man, it wasn't, wasn't, well, you know, it wasn't you, for me. Look where you are. <laughs> look where I am. <laughs> look at the part of the world you're in and what you're doing. You, you got some, you got some different pretty cool things going on. Well, even like before this, let's say, you know, and, but it's just like, you know, that wasn't for me. That wasn't what I was meant to do. Right. I, we got, I got my small team and that works for me. Right. So I'm, so I'm not like looking with envy at these other big companies that are doing things that we're not doing. I think that because if you can be happy that you've chosen what you've chosen for yourself and you're there because that's what you want to be doing, that's one thing. Now, if you are aspiring to do more, but staying in one place, that's completely another thing. Mm -hmm. 
it's really relevant uh, more than ever, probably through this whole pandemic too, right? With people just <clears throat> like really getting in more online and seeing what everyone's doing. And it's, it's just not necessarily reality what you see people doing on social media and everything. So there's a really good book I read recently around this, The Gap and the Gain. Um, I'm not sure if either of you have read that before, but it's, um, it's a great book. It's newer. It's only been out for a few months. Awesome book. It talks a lot about that, staying in the gain which is a lot of people look at the gap i oh that person's up not even necessarily that person but in, in your idealistic person uh version of you or someone else you look and go oh, i'm so far away from that i'm so far away and that's like such a such a toxic mindset to be in day to day versus a yeah but i was there yesterday and i make gone here and you know i got i should feel grateful and excited about what i've what i've done and accomplished and it's a lot more energizing to to, to think that way I, I, that's a very very brief overview of the book but it was a really good book i loved it and it's re- exactly in line with what you just said so mm-hmm. um actually there's literally a, a compare a story in the book uh, at speed skating but it's exactly your story just in yeah. speed skating world <laughs> and it was pretty funny um so i love that i love that advice thank you cool. yeah very cool thanks man appreciate that no um uh, okay. Well, how can people reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, if they want to connect with me on Instagram, it's well off X. You can DM me there. Uh, you can also check out the podcast again, welloffpodcast.ca. And, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, are all always releasing new episodes and always talking to new investors again, Canadian content for the most part. So, uh, that's the best way. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us again. I uh, really appreciate this, taking the time to, to share all this with us. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Sandy, how can people reach out to you? Uh, 289-389-6846. I have a new email now, so I got to remember to say it properly because the old one still works. So if you listen to other episodes, it'll still get me, but it's just a little bit of a process to do that. So um, Sandy at freedomreps.com is the best way. So freedomreps.com. Freedomreps.com. Got it. So that's the new brand. We'll be looking out for it. It's the new one, yeah. And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show, and we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.